Hi, this is Kristen Cabrera, reporter-producer from the Texas Standard. One of the coolest things about working on the show is getting to tell stories from my community, like this one I did on high school UAL Mariachi. But you know, this is Texas. You'd be hard-pressed to go a week without hearing. Dun-dun! Listen anytime to the Texas Standard, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey there, you're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and for a decade of my life, I was a touring musician with the band Asleep at the Wheel. And my favorite moments were always before or after the gig when people would sit around and play the music they were into and tell you why they loved it. I got off the road a couple of years ago, but I still long to talk to musicians about music. And so I created this podcast. Because in my opinion, musicians are the most beautiful when they're talking about the music that changed them. In this episode, you'll hear from the indie electronic duo Matt and Kim. And in case you don't know, Matt and Kim are a musical duo and a real-life couple. And they're super fun to talk to. They've been releasing music and touring steadily since the mid-2000s, though they did take a substantial break from the road starting in 2017 when Kim tore her ACL. And if you're listening to this episode around the time it comes out, then you will be happy to hear that despite the fact that Kim tore her other ACL, well, they are on tour. And they are celebrating the 10th anniversary of their album Grand on this tour by playing it in its entirety. They've also released two singles recently, Go Go and Money. And I spoke to Matt and Kim right after the release of Go Go. And Matt told me about a song he heard when he was a teenager that totally blew him away. And just so you know, our recording setup was a little wonky. You might hear some echoey type stuff. Don't worry. You're not going crazy. Okay, so when I when I try to think of a song that changed my life, I really one song does stand out. And it has a funny name. I actually I hadn't listened to it in a long time and I just went back in the last couple of days to listen to it and literally goosebumps. Still Goosebumps when I heard it. Um, it's a I song called. I saw them. It was. He's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a song called "The Mullet Burden" by the Dillinger Escape Plan. So, I guess a little backstory for my life that brought me hearing that song was I was I grew up in Vermont with an older brother um not much older a year and a half older than me we were just a grade apart but he he was so adventurous to like finding new music and stuff and honestly this was a different time than now because we were in Vermont in the middle of nowhere we went to public school where 17 people graduated (laughs) in my class you know the internet was around but there wasn't like kind of the music community stuff that there is now for sure but we'd gotten to skateboarding he'd gotten to skateboarding so we got into skateboarding we got into punk rock and at first it was like the really poppy kind of stuff like blink 182 and just easy sing-along And it just kept getting more and more extreme. Our taste would 
um, was just faster and, and louder and more distorted. And, and um, we had gotten into like these uh, sort of obscure anarcho-punk stuff, which is a very weird subsect of punk that's very technical and loud and screamy. A good example of it would be like a band called Civil Disobedience. I had heard like what I thought was everything, what the most extreme of it all was. And then my brother went to college and he went, he went to Emerson in Boston and I was still doing my senior year in, uh, in high school. And he came back on winter break with a cassette tape of the Dillinger Escape Plan. It was just a three song EP. And he was like, Matt, you need to hear this. And the first song on the EP is this song, The Mullet Burden. It starts off with this very like, um, you know, it's kind of like out of a horror movie of just guitars kind of, you know, like going out of phase with each other. Really a lot of anticipation builds. And when it kicks in, I was like, did not even realize music could be as extreme as that was. If I thought that music could be turned up to 10, it was like, oh wait, you could actually turn up to 12. There's like two more notches on this thing that I didn't even know existed. I was just listening again uh, before we got on this call and Kim was in the bathroom and I had it turned up and Kim was like, was there an explosion out here? Like, what, But what see, were you? that's how you know it's good music. If you think it's an explosion, it hits. <laughs> There's so much on a technical side too, where there's just really intricate guitar playing and these guys come not from just this hardcore metal background. They also have these, like the drummer has a jazz background and it just keeps changing these little styles among it. You know, all the way to the end, it, it becomes another song, and it has this weird, like, riff straight out of a, of like a circus. In the idea of what changed my whole perspective on what music could be, that was it. Going back to when you were a kid and you were like seeking out this music that was more and more like explosive and extreme, but also technical. I mean, can you look back to like what it was about that kind of music that you really needed? I mean, I do think in general things I was into in life when it came to like skateboarding and snowboarding and biking and, and everything was like um, bigger, higher, faster, louder. And I don't know why that my personality went to that. Because uh, I think about boys and I think about teenage boys and I think about mosh pits and it's like um, 
music as an entry point for physical release? Is that part of it? I mean, I can see that in the sense of thinking about all of the personal injuries I've given myself, or especially through those years of like, you know, waking up in the hospital and stuff from (laughs) throwing myself around uh, in any of the things I mentioned. I had no no sense for my well-being. Glorified self-mutilation is really what all of it was, I guess. (laughs) Kim, do you feel the same way about that? It's interesting because, like, growing up, I never really listened to anything punk until probably right before college. But growing up, I think what I was drawn to was anything that had energy. Like growing up it was mainly hip hop. Anything that would make you dance. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive is why I need to It's your primitive is why I need to If you got a big let me search it. If I know how hard I gotta work yeah. And then my brother was a rave DJ, so I would sneak out of the house and go to these raves that were in like abandoned factories all night long. But I was I was drawn to like again it was an energy, especially once like in the rave scene there was like happy hardcore, which was this really fast, aggressive, aggressively happy music. Um, <laughs> aggressively happy. And it wasn't moshing, but it was like crazy dancing for seven hours until like the sun came up. You were playing music at the time when you heard this Dillinger Escape Plan song. Did it did it change anything about the way that you approached music or the way that you approached performing to like understand that this could be done? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we at that time I had uh, started a different band um, with a couple friends. One being Kyle, who now does King Tough, and um, and we had played like kind of street punk music. And we just immediately shifted gears. And we're like, we're doing this now. Yet none of us were good enough to, p- to play that style of music. And, um, and we got a lot more extreme in our live playing of t- just being completely <laughs> as wild and setting things on fire and stuff as possible. That's what we thought was the most extreme. Uh, but I don't think we, c- we could have ever gotten there uh, technically playing you know and then you go off to college right and so a couple years after you've had this experience you meet kim and you guys were at the pratt institute is that right yes yeah but you guys didn't start like a hardcore band (laughs) so (laughs) i didn't know how to play drums (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's funny it's funny because you know i remember early tours and shows we did and even playing with um punk bands like against me and stuff and people are like this doesn't make sense why are you playing with them and it's still in my mind I guess I knew our music didn't sound like that but I was like this is we come from the same place and and we come from the same place of energy and and getting people to dance around because I think people who only know songs like Daylight and Let's Go and and whatnot from our band and haven't seen us live don't realize that our live show is like Crowd surfing and moshing and um, a lot of booty shaking and just generally running around and, and 
craziness. <laughs> you know, I like it's that. as I feel high like energy. It brings brings our childhood together. Like with me dancing a lot, with like the mosh pits. Our childhood is our show. Don't slow down. And, and when you guys started the band, you both started on instruments that you were not really that familiar with, right? So, Kim, you said, like, you're like, I didn't even really know how to play drums. And, Matt, you had just recently started playing keyboards. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's both of those. Yeah. When you're starting to play music and you don't really know how to play your instruments, what were you guys wanting to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what were you wanting to put out into the world or to give to yourselves or... We had no expectations. <laughs> we had no goals. <laughs> we had no plans. We didn't want to do anything. Wait, Kim, well, well, let's Kim, also say that we, we didn't even want to play a show. We got forced to by a friend, but we kept saying, we're not a band. Like We, didn't, we only played three songs that we wrote for that show, and Matt made up lyrics. I think you were mumbling some lyrics because we didn't even have full lyrics. And was the energy there from the beginning? Was that kind of like just we are just going to bring this and we're going to have some fun and we are going to like give people the thing that we always kind of want? Was that there from that first gig? Well, not necessarily from the first, but definitely from the very... I remember the first show people danced at. It might have been our third show. It was in a friend's house in Clinton Hill, and everyone danced. And it's like comedians talking about when they felt the juice of like getting their first laughs. It was like having that happen was kind of like, I want this to happen more. <laughs> I want to get people to dance and jump around and move to something that we're doing. Is that how you remember it, Kim? Yes. It was definitely a lot of drunk friends getting crazy. But it was part of it was part of that scene, I think, because it all was like quote unquote parties. It was more than shows. So I, I feel like the the scene kind of bred us as well as like, oh, people are at parties and they like to dance and they like to drink and they like to get wild and it's not a band on a stage, it's a band on the floor right there. And I think that vibe and energy we've like tried to maintain throughout going to big festival stages and bigger venues and all that. But recently you kind of had to like take a break from that particular style of being, right? Because Kim, didn't you tore your ACL? I did it again. (laughs) Same one or different one? Different one. Um, But luckily this one doesn't hurt as bad as the last one I like tore my ACL meniscus. I messed up the MCL. Like this is luckily just the ACL. And on at the show that it happened. We still had 40 minutes left of our set. And I was like, no, we're we're playing the rest of this set. Like, we're enjoying every moment. I want the crowd to get crazy. I want this to be 
just perfect because at the moment I was like, am I going to have to take another year off? But luckily, because it's not as bad, I've been going to physical therapy and we're going to wait to do the surgery till after our fall, fall tour. So I am not allowed to jump off anything or stand on my drums or stool. So there'll be a little, I feel like they have to seat belt me down to make sure that I don't do that. But we're still going to do the tour. I just am not allowed to do maybe everything I want to do. Whoa, because I mean, earlier Matt was talking about like the physical toll that he paid for like listening to, you know, hardcore music. And there's, there's also like a toll for giving people a really high energy mosh based experience. Oh, we've yeah. taken our physical I mean, yes, Kim, both their ACLs were torn on stage. Um, I have a disc issue that I've had since I was twenty five years old from an on stage thing. I tore my rotator cuff on stage on my shoulder and my shoulder's never been the same. It's been seven years. Like I broke my hand on stage. Yeah, we've <laughs> We've gone through the gamut. <laughs> we cut the legs off of our pants. Threw our shoes into the ocean. Sit back and wait through the daylight. Sit back and wait through the daylight. Slip and slide on subway grades. These shoes are poor men's ice Fall through like change in the daylight. Fall through like change in the daylight. I'm missing up both lines in my road. You've been doing this for 15 years. You've been bringing people this really like the intense experience that you kind of like always wanted when you were a kid for like 15 years. That's a long time. And you're getting older and your bodies are are breaking, you know, breaking or responding. I was going to say, does it become a different thing 15 years later? I mean, I think it oddly hasn't changed very much for me personally. Like I I think the bar gets raised, <laughs> I think, in a, in a similar way to um, drug addiction where the the small hit doesn't get you there anymore <laughs> and you're starting to have to need more and more like we've played so many fantastic and amazing shows that like now everything had to go so perfect for it to be as good as what could have just been 25 people in a basement 12 years ago or 13 years ago you know um but once it all works, it's the magic is just the same. It just it just takes a a bit more. There's also these other pressures of, of music-wise. We're six albums in, and it's I feel like I'm getting back to a place where I'm not so worried about the rules of music or anything like that. It, it's a nice place when a lot of bands start out. They don't imagine what a single would look like or anything like that. They're just making the songs that makes them and their friends happy. And we've always made songs that we try to make us and our friends happy, but I think there's a little voice in the back of your head like, well, you know, this needs to work in, in this format and this and that. And so you try to fit it within the guidelines while still making yourself as happy as possible. And kind of lately I've just been like, screw the guidelines. You know, like just make this, you know, the purest form is just going back to... Uh, just making you and your friends happy. <laughs> Matt, I feel I like think... you just came up with the title of an album, Screw the Guideline. <laughs> Love that. Screw the, yeah. <laughs> Seventh album. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's gonna be real off the wall. It's gonna sound like the mullet burden uh, by Dylan yes. the Tape Man. It will just be turned up to 12 100% of the time. And this is Go Go by Matt and Kim. You should totally check out the video for this song. It features dancers and YouTubers Audrey Lane Partlow and Romeo Blanco. I'll have a link to that on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org. KUTX is the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast. And speaking of podcasts, well, Matt and Kim... They have a podcast. It's called The Matt and Kim Podcast. And on it, they explore ideas like, would you let someone punch you in the face for $10,000? Or would you take a pill that made you smarter but also made you less attractive? I would totally take that pill, by the way. On this tour, they'll be offering VIP packages in some cities where folks can attend a live podcast taping. You know I love a live podcast taping. You can hear what some of them sound like if you head to the Matt and Kim podcast, and you can find a link to that podcast on the show notes page at KUTX.org as well. And if you're living in Austin, Texas, listening to this podcast like around the time it comes out, then you're in luck because they're going to be in town on Wednesday, November 13th. They're playing emos, y'all. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained Live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.